people God dearly loves, worshipers at the manger of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about my family can be a great way to begin a conversation. It might be a pretty good beginning for a Christmas Eve sermon. But I'm going to tell all of you about all of your families. Some of them are large. Some of them are small. Some of you are only children. Some of you come from clans of one and a half dozen. That's my family, you see. I have three brothers, and I have three sisters, and I'm the one, and there's a half dozen more. Some of you have only sisters. Some of you have only brothers. Some of you have both. Some of you came into the family by birth. Some of you entered your family by adoption. Some of you are in blended families. Some of you are in racially mixed families. Some of your families are immigrants. Some are longtime residents of this country and the Republic of Texas. And even though this evening is all about the good news of great joy, and Christmas is often a time for family gatherings with worship and gifts and meals, some of you are conflicted tonight. You're saddened that you are alone and your family is not here. Or you're grieving that your family is so broken that you're not sure you would want them to be here. Tell me about your family is why I chose to put two Bible verses in your Christmas Eve worship guide right at the bottom of the page there. This is how God's word tells us about Jesus' family because the Holy Spirit wants us to know who Jesus is by telling us who his family is. Matthew begins his gospel by listing listing the family roots of Jesus in the first 16 verses. I won't read all of Matthew 1 there, but I will tell you that, and I counted three times to make sure, there are 47 names in this genealogy. Some of them are a bit challenging to pronounce. And I'm also pretty sure that Abinadab and Zerubbabel are not going to make it in the top 10 list of boys' names in 2024. But Matthew's summary is printed in your worship guide. Jesus is the son of David, and Jesus is the son of Abraham. You see, Matthew's gospel looks forward from the promise that Abraham would be given a son, and from that son, many descendants, but one particular descendant, so that in him all nations of the world would be blessed. Matthew also looks forward from David's kingly line, for the promised Savior will be an even greater king. It's not a coincidence that the little town of Bethlehem, David's hometown, is where the Roman census compels Joseph and Mary to travel to. Now, Luke doesn't begin his gospel with a genealogy. His family tree is in chapter 3 at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Once more, it's 16 verses, but this time he lists 77 ancestors of the Messiah. And Luke looks backward. He starts with Joseph, as people suppose that he was the physical father of Jesus. And he goes way past Abraham, finishing his genealogy with these words. Jesus is the son of Adam, the son of God. Luke's point 
is that Jesus is for all nations. His mission is to gather them, to gather us into one family. That means no matter what your story is of parents or siblings, of spouse or children, this is a family Christmas. Here are some key truths about the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ and where they will take us. Jesus could have come in power, but he appeared in weakness. Jesus could have come in splendor, but he appeared in humility. Jesus could have come with riches, but he appeared in poverty. Jesus could have come in a palace that, after all, is where the wise men thought they would found him, right? But he appeared in a cattle shed. Jesus could have come from the eternal heavenly courts in power and splendor and riches. But he appeared as a helpless infant, swaddled for warmth by his virgin mother and laid on a hay on hay of the manger by his carpenter guardian. But there's also this, especially this very important truth. Jesus could have come alone but he was born into a family. This is a family Christmas. For Jesus was born into a human family, being born of Mary, betrothed to Joseph. But even more, Jesus was born into the human family of, it's estimated at the time of the birth of Christ, only 170 million people. You know now what it is, over 7 billion Tell me about your family. Who are you? Whose are you? It doesn't matter if your immediate family is altogether right here tonight or if you are sitting alone here at Crown of Life and your family is miles and miles away. For this is a family Christmas in truth. And it means that this is a family Christmas for you. Jesus is born because we are all runaway sons and daughters. Jesus is born because the whole family tree from Adam and Eve on, past, present, and future, is filled with sinners. You are one, and you are one, you are one, and I am one. Yet Jesus is born as proof of the Father's rich love, his love which longs to welcome us home. For the Father loves the world so much that he gives his dearly loved Son as the gift we don't even know that we need. But Jesus is the only gift we need at Christmas, but not just at Christmas, every other day of the year. Jesus will. He must go from the manger to the cross. He will no longer be swaddled in clean linen, but he will be wrapped in the filth of our guilt. He pays the price we cannot pay. He wins perfect and complete forgiveness. And by his resurrection, he guarantees our eternal home with the family of God in the kingdom of God. And we are made God's children by water and word of holy baptism, adopted by grace into a family that cries out, Abba, Father. So this is a family Christmas. It is a family Christmas with my brothers and sisters, and I'm glad that I'm celebrating it with you and with our Lord's family here at Crown of Life. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.